0: Well, good morning. good morning. Glad you guys are here this morning. I missed you guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's it's been two weeks. Some of you didn't know I've been gone because you haven't been here since Christmas. But we love you anyways. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Some of you are probably thinking, like my dad used to always tell me, "You're gonna be gone long enough for us to miss you." And uh, but I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here this morning. Uh, Hey, if you have been here the last couple weeks, the last couple weeks, um, two weeks ago, Joe Hoover preached. Uh, Were you here for Joe Hoover? Joe Hoover killed it. I love Joe, right? Joe Hoover is just such a gifted storyteller. And, And then last week, Zach preached and uh and killed to talk about jonah it's actually connect a lot with what we're talking about today and he did awesome and um i don't i don't think i could be wrong maybe i missed him i don't think either of them are here but could we just for a moment could we give them a round of applause and appreciation Um, I, I read one time or been told, been told often enough, I don't know if it's true or not, but I've been told often enough that I'll repeat it, and that seems like a good philosophy in life. And so um, I've been told that people are more afraid of public speaking than dying. And so, man, I'm just so grateful for guys like Joe and Zach and a collection of other individuals um, uh, who are willing to come up uh, and stand up on the stage and, uh, and pour their heart out to you, and so, so grateful uh, for them. We are, after two months, I know you've been waiting with bated breath. I know you've been waiting as impatiently as you've been waiting for Mandalorian Season 2 to come out. For us to get back to the book of Matthew, but it has come. So we are in the book of Matthew. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Matthew 8. If you have it on your phone, you can turn there. If not, you can just fall on the screen. It's no big deal. It'll all be up on the screen. Matthew 8 is where we're gonna be. Matthew 8. I got a lot of stuff to get to today, so we don't really have a lot of time to get you set back up into the context of the book of Matthew, but it is fair to say the book of Matthew is about Jesus. And so we're going to look at Jesus today. So Matthew 8, we are going to be in verse 23, okay? Here we go. Matthew 8, verse 23. It says this. When he got into the boat, that being Jesus, his disciples followed him. And behold, there rose a great storm on the sea. So the boat was being covered with the waves, but Jesus himself was asleep. And they came to him and woke him saying, save us, Lord, we are perishing. He said to them, why are you afraid, you men of little faith? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the sea, and it became perfectly calm. Verse 27, the men were amazed and said, what kind of a man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him. What kind of man is this? Now, now here, here's the thing. There, there are generally two ways we can read the Bible. There's a lot of things we can do, but in this context, I want to tell you about two ways we can read the Bible, okay? These four verses are a perfect example, okay? One of the ways we can read the Bible is like this, from a distance, okay? And here's what we get from a distance. This is a great story. Isn't this a great story? Amazing story, Jesus calms the storm. Did you know that? It's an amazing story. There are waves crashing over the boat. Jesus speaks. And it doesn't just say the wind stopped, but it says the water became calm. That's an amazing story. And what we could get out of the story today is we could look at the storm and we could go, Oh, Jesus, he's amazing. The disciples, they're idiots right? Which is what we do a lot of times. We, we go, oh, Jesus, amazing. Did you hear about the time that Jesus healed that lady? Did you hear about the time when she just touched his garment? Did you hear about the time when Jesus fed the $5? Jesus, amazing. The disciples, <laughs> idiots, right? In fact, we could even pile on, like Zach was talking about last week, it's easy to kind of pile on to Jonah, right? And be like, Jonah, seriously, Like, how do you not know? How do you not understand? And it's easy to pile on the disciples because little thing for you to know is um, uh, the book of Matthew isn't actually in chronological order. There's a lot of reasons we could talk about it. It doesn't erode our confidence in the text. It has to do with how they wrote stories 2,000 years ago. But this story actually came after the disciples have been following Jesus for about two years. After two years. And we can look at them and go, Jesus, amazing! Disciples, idiots. Two years, come on, disciples, get it together! Right? That's one way we can read the story. Or we can read a story, and we can actually see that maybe we have a lot more in common with the disciples than we want to acknowledge. And that maybe, maybe, just maybe, God's trying to say something to us about the waves in our lives today. You ever been in a boat in waves? It's terrifying. In fact, in Luke, the story's recorded three times, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And in Luke, it says, it says in Luke that the waves were crashing over the boat and that the disciples' lives were in danger, right? Like, like, there, there is a legit reason in this story to be terrified. If you've ever been in a little boat, more than likely the boat that Jesus and the disciples were in was not much longer than this stage. It was probably 16 to 20 feet long. It was probably about this wide. And there are waves, and they they don't have like Coast Guard approved type four life vests, right? They're out in a sea and the waves are crashing over the boat. And they don't have bilge pumps, right? They don't don't have things pumping water out of the boat. They they have the right to be, if you've ever been, um, my dad's a big bass fisherman, right? There's not a lot of bass fishing around here. I know a lot of you guys are, are trout fishermen, but um, my dad's a big bass fisherman. And, and uh, um, we spend a lot of time in eastern Washington because there's some decent bass fishing. There's this one lake called um, Banks Lake, and it's a huge lake. I, I think it's something like 26 miles long. It's a huge lake. And if you're a bass fisherman, a lot of times you end up in these like little coves. And there's a lot of rock structures. It's it's kind of high plain, kind of high desert kind of in eastern Washington that it's in. And um, you can go back into these coves and there'll be rock walls that'll be, you know, 40 to 75 feet high on each side. And so you can sit back in these little coves. You can spend all day fishing and not realize the weather's changed. And so a lot of times where we'd be out there fishing and we'd be fishing along, we'd be having a great day. And then we go to leave the cove, and while we'd been in there, a storm came in and wind came in, and these these little like little wobbles of the water that had been when we came in were now these cresting waves with white caps, right? And some of you may be like ocean people. You may be like, Sean, let me tell you about the time I went through a 74 foot swell. Like, I don't care. I, don't, I love you. I don't care. Okay, this is my story. This is my life. This is about me. Okay, so <laughs> bass boats. If you've ever ridden a bass boat, they're not designed to take on waves, right? They're they're about like this thick. Um, in fact, one of the advertisements my dad often reminded us of was um, uh, he he had a, a Nitro boat, right? It's a brand of boat, and then a commercial. I don't know if it was in the '80s or in the 90s, but they had a commercial where they would advertise that they were unsinkable, right? And to advertise that they were unsinkable, they would take a brand new boat, a dude would stand on it with a chainsaw and they would cut it in half. You can find these videos on YouTube, right? And they cut it in half and both ends would float. And my dad would always be like, the boat will never sink. Like, I don't care if the boat sinks, I care if I sink, right? Like, I don't, it's your boat, you paid for it, let the sucker sink, I don't care. Right? But if you've ever been out on the waves in water, when the water starts crashing over the boat, it is terrifying. Even in good weather, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Disciples in these boats, these little wooden boats, the water's crashing over. I remember we drive back in these waves. You know, I'm 8, 9, 10, 27 years old, and we're driving back <laughs> And my dad would always have this thing, he's like, we can't slow down, we can't slow down. We can't slow down, because if if you're in the waves and and the boat's long enough, you can hit the waves, and if you keep enough speed, you can stay on top of the waves, and you just kind of right across the top of the waves. And the engine, if you've ever been in one of these things, the motor's going, and it kind of sounds like, wow, 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 because the the prop keeps coming out of the waves because the waves are big enough, right? And, And so when you're in the boat, the thrust of the motor only hits when you hit a wave and you're bouncing on those waves. So the handlebars in bass boats are in between your legs. So basically, you're driving 12 miles back at 50 miles an hour, doing this, right? And I'd be like, "Down, slow down, right?" And he never slowed down. And he never. Uh, maybe it was just a cruel joke. Maybe he's just over there laughing and having a great time, right? Now, there were some people who would slow down. I, I don't. I hate the stereotype, but I'm a stereotype. Okay. Um. Normally, they were married couples. And the guy would be driving, and there'd be a fisherwoman in the pastor seat, his wife, and she would be going, blah, blah, blah. if you don't slow down, I'm going to kill you, right? <laughs> and so what would he do? He'd slow down. If you've ever been in a bass boat, in the waves, when you slow down, you know what happens? You go, Boo-sh! as the bow comes down, you go right through the waves, and the waves come crashing over, and you just, now you're all soaked, now you're cold, the wind's blowing, and you're still in the waves. It can be terrifying. And it's easy for us to stand a distance and go, oh man, Jesus, Jesus is all disciples, idiots. Until we stand in the waves. Until the water comes crashing over our boats. Until the fears of life, until the destruction, until we risk, until we're worried for our very own life, for our very own marriage, for our very own children for our very own finances, for our very own health. When those waves come crashing over into our boat, we can look a lot more like disciples. A couple of things I want you to notice from the story. Verse 23, if you have your Bibles, look again at verse 23. It says this, just a little thing. It says this, when he got, being Jesus, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Here's a little interesting thing. I don't know if it matters a lot, but I think that every word is there for a reason. Uh, This story, like I said, is recorded three times, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Did you know that not one time does Jesus tell his disciples to get in the boat? Not once. It says this. He got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. So you can use whatever titles you want to use or whatever language you want to use to talk about Jesus. But biblically, disciples follow Jesus. If he gets in the boat, you get in the boat. If he gets out of the boat, you get out of the boat. If he walks up on that hill, you walk up on that hill. And so one of the questions I want to ask you this morning is are you following Jesus? And whatever he's calling you, wherever he's calling you to go, wherever he's going, are you going the places that he's going? Are you obedient in the ways that he's calling you to be obedient? Are you trusting and believing? When he gets in the boat, do you get in the boat with him? Because you can use whatever flowery language you want to use, but if you do not get in the boat when Jesus gets in the boat, you are not a follower of Jesus. You're not a follower. The disciples got in the boat. It says this, verse 26, look down a little bit further. I love this. In like the most painful, uncomfortable way, he says this, verse 26, he said to them, why are you afraid You men of little faith. Look at that. Why are you afraid, you men of little faith? See, when Jesus talks to his disciples, fear and a lack of faith are synonymous. Now, Now he doesn't say, Why are you afraid? You have no faith. Right? You might have faith, you might trust and believe that Jesus is the savior of the world and that may be all that you, and you may have this little faith that Jesus is who he says he is, but he says, why are you afraid, you of little faith? This, this is what I wrote, I wrote it this way. A fear that informs the way we live our life is synonymous with a faith that is impotent. A fear that informs our life is synonymous with a faith that is impotent. Now he's not talking about like like, bah! right? Like he's not talking about like that kind of afraid, right? Um, I I if you've had kids, this has probably happened to you. I've got two kids, and um, Brooklyn, our daughter, she's got kind of kind of it's going to turn brown, but it started blonde, so right now it's kind of in the dirty blonde stage hair, and she's got really long hair, right? And um, and if you've had kids, this has happened to you, I imagine, or I need to talk to a doctor about my kids because you're laying in sleep in bed right and I read an article the other day that's better to lay on your left side I don't know why so you lay on your left side so I'm laying there in my bed I sleep peacefully dreaming about Krispy Kreme and ice cream right just enjoying the moment and then all of a sudden I hear breathing you been there and you open your eyes, and your child is about this far from your face? Ah! Right? Now, now, to add to this, okay, now, you may think you have a scary moment, but let me add this to you. Think about every horror film you've ever seen with children. What is the object of the most terrifying moment? It is a girl about this tall with blonde hair that hangs over her shoulders. That is my daughter in the dark. Horror film was made after my daughter standing in the dark. That's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus isn't talking about seeing something, no! Jesus is talking about the disciples who've taken their eyes off of the one who spoke the waves into existence and have rather turned their hearts to make decisions based on the waves they see crashing over their boats. You have a choice. And this is hard. Sometimes the things Jesus has to tell us are hard. You have a choice. You have a choice this day to live out of fear or to live out of faith. I wonder... I wonder how many decisions we've made. Flowery language, nice, spiritual-sounding language, justifying about how we're being good stewards and being responsible and we're, we're being accountable with the things that God's in charge. Tra- I wonder how many decisions in your life you've made out of fear. Maybe fear of what someone else was going to think or say. Fear of failure. Fear of the financial risk fear of being uncomfortable, fear of of speaking out and, and not coming through, fear of saying something and not having all the words, not being prepared, not feeling equipped. I wonder, I wonder how many decisions you're making today because you're more afraid of the things going on in the world. You're more afraid for your kids, for your marriage, for your finances, for relationships, for your future, for your reputation, you're more afraid and your eyes are fixed on the waves crashing over your boat rather than the one who spoke those waves into existence. You see, you have a choice. You have a choice to live your life in faith or in fear. Matthew Henry, he's a great theologian. He he says this, I think it's an important thing to note and to be reminded of. As we come before God with our worries and life troubles and the waves crashing over our boats, he says this, he being Jesus does not chide them for disturbing him with their prayers. Jesus does not chide the disciples for disturbing him with their prayers but for disturbing themselves with their fears. I wonder how many of us, if Jesus was to stand here today, would say, why are you afraid? Do you not know? Do you not know the one who holds all things together? Do you not know the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills? Do you not know the one who, who controls, who speaks, who declared to those waves that crash over the side of your boat, you shall go this far and you shall go no further. Why are you afraid? See, we know the creator who with the very breath of his mouth spoke all things into existence. And we, have a, we as people have a choice. To either live in fear of the waves that keep your feet wet or to trust the Savior who sleeps at your feet. It's astounding to think that Jesus slept through all this. I mean, you remember the boat's like this big, Right? Like it says that the waves are coming over the side of the boat. Luke tells us that there are very risk and danger for their lives. This is like, there's no way Jesus is not sleeping in the boat and not getting wet. And yet he sleeps. Because he, all things are held together, it says, by him. There is nothing in your life that he does not know about there is not a cell in your body healthy or otherwise that he does not know about there is not a moment a day an issue or a dollar that he's surprised about so he sleeps he knew that when he got on those boats the storm was coming he had his like little Doppler radar thing going, oh, it's coming in from the south. It's going to blow in this and we're going to get four foot swells out on it. He knew it. And he curled up on the front of the boat and slept. And you have a choice this morning to live in faith or to live in fear. It's painful and it's uncomfortable. But it's the choice we have today. There's one Last little thing that I want you to see that I think is interesting. Verse 27, it says this. The men were amazed. It doesn't seem as shocking to you. Let me read it again. Maybe see if it'll be as shocking to you. Maybe you can gasp for me in this moment, right? Just affirm my observation here. You ready? Everybody ready? We're all going to gasp together. The men were amazed. Yeah, <gasps> that felt good. That felt good. Yeah, thank you for that. Did you see that? Okay, let me, let me set the scene for you here. Um, who, who's on the boat? Whoa, that's it. Not anymore. The disciples got on the boat. But just four verse later It doesn't say the disciples were amazed. It says the men were. Remember that whole following Jesus thing? You see, something had happened in the waves and in the fear and in their doubt and their worry and their terror that Matthew no longer acknowledges them as disciples. He just calls them men. You see, I, I think that a lot of churches, ours included, are full of men and women who are amazed by Jesus. Man, did you hear that story? Did you see that rooted story they did the other day? I mean, that one was amazing. The lady, the dude, did you hear? Did you hear that testimony from that missionary and all the things that were happening in that country? That was amazing. Man, did you feel that when we were singing that song? We're all singing together. Just like to feel the spirit in the room and the power. That was amazing. You see, amazement at God is a cheap counterfeit to the richness of life that God's calling you to in obedience and following him as a disciple. Something changed in the disciples when their eyes turned away from Jesus. Because you see, they followed Jesus to get onto the boat, but when the waves started crashing over the side, they simply became observers at a distance. The disciples followed but the men were amazed. See, Jesus, here's the thrust of it. Jesus, Jesus is calling you to follow him. In fact, right actually right before it, there's all the stories. We're not going to read it. We don't have time to go into all the cultural things. But there are these stories of people who come and they want to follow Jesus. And they say, we'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus gives them, you know, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. But in contrast, when the moment comes, the boats come up to the shore. The disciples get onto the boats with Jesus. But in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the waves, their hearts turn away from him. And we don't follow. And it's easier to stand at a distance and say, Jesus is amazing. Disciples, they're idiots. But I wonder this day, what is it that Jesus is calling you to follow him in? You see, I believe that every single one of us in this room are here because Jesus has something left for you. Like the reason you're not dead yet, it's not like Jesus lacks people in the world. Like there's what, eight, nine billion people in this world. It's not like Jesus is like, whoa, well, I mean, if that person goes, not enough people to fill the earth, right? But you're still here because Jesus is calling you to follow him in something. And you know what it is. You know what it is. You know what you've been wrestling with God maybe for days, weeks, maybe months or years you've been wrestling with him. Maybe there's a moment of time where you need, to, you need to confess to someone the brokenness that you feel inside you that you've been hiding, that you've been allowing shame and guilt. To hide you in darkness? Maybe, maybe, maybe there's something financially. There's a decision financially that you need to make. Maybe there's a decision in, in speaking to a coworker. or You need to step out in faith. Maybe you need to trust God with your kids. And you need to trust him that he has a plan. And that he knows and that he loves your kids more than you could fathom or imagine. There's something I know this morning. That there's something that Jesus is calling you to follow him in. And you have a choice. You can either stand at this and say, oh, Jesus is amazing. Wasn't that that a great servant? Wasn't that a great song? Wasn't that powerful? Wasn't that awesome? Or you can choose to be a disciple. You can choose to be a disciple who follows Jesus wherever he goes, no matter the waves, no matter the risk.